Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Joining us again today in the studio to fellowship about our life study of Genesis is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back. It's always my privilege to be here. It's our privilege to have you. Our life study today is dealing with the significance of God's calling. For our introduction today, I wonder if you'd say something about the relationship between the great figures of the Old Testament in the accomplishment of God's purpose. God had a fresh start with Noah in chapter 9, and he seems to be starting new again here in chapter 12 with Abraham. What is the significance of these new starts? I believe the significance, uh, at least in my understanding, of these starts is that God had an intention when he created man. He made man in his image, after his likeness, and he gave him dominion. And I think the key thing that makes these new starts So significant is that God was not being expressed. Satan came in and enticed man away from God's purpose. And eventually, fallen, corrupted man was expressing Satan instead of God. God's way was uh, still to deal with man, to get him, to represent him, and to express him, and to exercise dominion for him. Because God wants a kingdom on the earth. But it seems like attempt after attempt met with failure. And God would pick up another man to start with. Like you mentioned, he picked up Noah. And then uh, today, I believe we'll see how he picked up Abraham to have another attempt. Uh, I don't mean that God is trying to do something and he's going to fail. God cannot fail and God will not be defeated and he will get his purpose. So I think we'll see as we... Uh, see the different men, the different figures in the Old Testament that are brought to light are really very, very significant, like Noah was so significant. And now we'll see Abraham, and later on you see Moses, and you see Joshua. All of these are God's way to get his purpose worked out on the earth. Thank you, Francis. Let's join Witness Lee with today's life study from Genesis chapter 12. Genesis we all know, has 50 chapters. This book, according to the facts revealed in it, should be just of three sections. The first section is just the first two chapters on God's creation. Then, from chapter 3 to the middle part of 11, that is the second section on the serpent's corruption. And after this, from the middle part of chapter 11 to the end of chapter 50, a long section on Jehovah's calling. This section 
gives us a special title at its beginning. In the first section, it says, "In the beginning, God." In the second section, it says, "Now the serpent." At the beginning of the third section, it says, "Now Jehovah." According to the revelation of the Bible, God Elohim. This title is mainly related to God's creation, and the title Jehovah is especially related to God's relationship with man in the matter of life.、Amen. God came in first, then Satan, the serpent, followed, and these brought in Jehovah. It's wonderful, creation, corruption, and calling. God's creation unveiled to us God's eternal purpose. The human race was destined to express God and to represent God. This was clearly unveiled in the first two chapters of this book,、Amen. and we also can see God's procedure to fulfill this divine purpose.、Amen. That is by life.、Amen. God has to work Himself into us as our life,、Amen. that we might be able to fulfill. His eternal purpose.、Amen. After this, the serpent came in and corrupted,、Amen. and man got fallen, fallen to the uttermost. God did allow the little serpent to come in. When he was coming in, God was watching. Oh, little serpent, <laughs> go ahead. The more you do, the more I have the opportunity、right. to. Manifest my wisdom. Satan would say, "This is all I can do." God,、Amen. God said, "Have you finished?" Satan said, "Yes,、yeah, sure. I have to finish because this is all I can do." <laughs> Praise the Lord.、Amen. God came in.、Amen. God came in as Jehovah.、Amen. Jehovah came in. Let me tell you, nothing can frustrate God, nothing can defeat God, nothing can force God to give up His eternal purpose. Francis, this section gave us a very good overview of the whole book of Genesis. We had God's creation, then Satan's corruption, and encouragingly, God's coming as Jehovah to call and save, following Satan's work. Would you comment on Witness Lee's point that everything that Satan does just affords God another opportunity to manifest His wisdom? I really、uh, enjoyed this point. It has been brought out in numerous times how Satan is absolutely defeated, but he keeps trying item after item, person after person, thing after thing, to try to frustrate or defeat God's purpose. 
Just like when uh, things were so utterly terrible in Noah's day, God had to bring in a flood to wipe man off of the face of the earth virtually, but he saved Noah. And in doing that, he even showed much more wisdom than if the corruption had never come in. And every time there's a further corruption, there's a further frustrating God's purpose, seemingly, God uses that occasion to uh, manifest his wisdom. It reminds me of a verse in Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and untraceable his ways. Now, with that kind of God operating, full of wisdom... Uh, how foolish Satan is to fight against him, and how foolish we are to give Satan the room to uh, do something against God's purpose. I was reminded in this point, too, that one time Witness Lee brought out an example to us of the exercise of God's wisdom. And he said, suppose you're a very excellent mechanic. You know how to fix any kind of automobile. But no car ever breaks down. No car ever has any trouble. You have no way to manifest your wisdom. But with God, everything that he did in creating man, seemingly it all came to breakdowns along the way. But God's wisdom far exceeded anything that Satan's attempts did to frustrate his way. So we can be very, very thankful. And I tell you, it gives me such a joy to know that God has gone through so many things to bring us into this present salvation, which he's working on us every day to organically save us from all the defeating things and all the corrupting things that Satan did within man. Again, showing God's wisdom in spite of Satan's corrupting. I think we can all look back at times in our own experience where our seeming failures uh, actually became raw material for the Lord to manifest something far beyond what we could expect or believe. What a Savior. Amen. That's right. Let's uh, rejoin Witness Lee for our life study. Before we come to this section, we have to find out what is the meaning of God's calling. What is the real significance of God's calling? Number one, God's calling is a new beginning. When God created, there was a beginning. But that was corrupted, spoiled. So God came in to call, to make a new beginning. And we know the man that was called by God, was Abraham. We all have to realize when God created Adam, he created a corporate man. All the descendants of Adam were created. But we cannot say that all the descendants of Abraham were called in Abraham. Romans 9 tells us not all of Abraham are the seed of Abraham. Don't think you were born a Jew, so you are in the new beginning of God. No, 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 no. 
You need a new beginning. As long as we all have a new beginning. We all are Abraham's seed. Have you been called by God? I cannot forget that day in 1925, in the afternoon, I got called by God. Right away, I got into the new beginning that changed my whole life, changed my whole being, and changed my whole concept. That was really a new beginning. This is God's calling, number one. The number two, God's calling means the transfer of race. At the time of your calling, there was a transfer. Transfer from the Adamic race to the Abrahamic race. The race of Adam was given up. And the new race, the race of Abraham, was chosen, was raised up to replace the old race. But, listen this, God's calling not only means a transfer of race, but also a transfer of life. You need an inward transfer of life. Look at Abraham. He got the transfer of race. But the transfer of life I tell you, became a big problem to him and to God. The transfer of race transpires overnight. Just like this. But the transfer of life lasted, I don't know how many years. Abraham didn't uh, bring forth sons before he got the transfer of race. God was sovereign. God didn't allow that. God told him, no. The seed that comes out of yourself, born of Sarah, that will be the one who will be your proper heir. Then, you know, his wife, Sarah, was a good helper. Helping him to exercise his natural strength, the strength of the flesh, to fulfill God's promise. To bring forth his son, and he did it. And he got the son, Ishmael. Then God came in and told him, Abraham, let Ishmael go. Ishmael is not the one that will inherit the promise I give you. Another one will be born of you through Sarah. Francis, I'd like to ask you about three items that Witness Lee brought out here in this portion concerning the significance of God's calling. First, the new beginning, and then the transfer of race, and finally, the transfer of life. Would you say something more about these three items? Well, these three items surely are worthy of further fellowship. The new beginning is related to God's calling. First, God created, and then Satan corrupted, and then God comes in to call. Adam, as we know, was the head of the created race, 
And Satan came in and damaged the created race to such an extent that God had to come in and judge. But God would not be defeated, so God comes in again with a calling. And his calling of Abraham really brings in another race. When God calls, he infuses faith, and this causes us to have a new start. We all need a new beginning. Now, no matter whether you're born as a descendant of Abraham and called a Jew, or whether you're a Gentile, we all need a new beginning, a new start. We need another birth. And as Witness Lee pointed out, God's calling means the transfer of race. We were in the race of Adam, the created race. But by calling on God and being called by God, we are transferred out of that race into the called-out race. The transfer of race from Adam's race to the called race, Abrahamic race, was instantaneous at the time we responded to God's call to believe in Christ. Now, as to the transfer of life is a matter of uh, the growth in life, and it's really a process we go through. This transfer becomes our experience when we're willing to give up our natural strength and our natural way of doing things and take the divine life as our supply. And by that, we are being transferred out of our old way of living, out of our old life, and we're transferred into the divine life. And this is a process that we're going through now. How much we are transferred depends on how much we live by this life that we receive when we receive Christ. Thank you, Francis. These are not easy points. I think Witness Lee is going to stay on this topic in this final section. Let's join him now for that conclusion. Just the transfer of race is not adequate. We need a full transfer of life. In Genesis 18.14, you have a special term at that point in time. God said to Abraham, at that point in time, he will come and Sarah will bring forth a son. And what was that appointed time? That time was the time of life. When Isaac was born, that was the time both his mother and his father were fully dead. The mother's own was dead. And the father's body was considered dead. But just like something in resurrection, a living person <laughs> was born of the dead ones. Amen. So that day of that birth was the time of life. Amen. We all did have a time of life, didn't you? Amen. Hallelujah. Spiritual speaking, the birth of Isaac was a birth of life. That was something of life. With Abraham, you have a transfer of life. Whatever he intended to have, to keep, was rejected. I do believe that old couple did have some sad fellowship. <laughs> Abraham may talk to his wife, dear, look at yourself. 
<laughs> Your function has been deadened. And dear Sarah would say, <laughs> dear, look at yourself. <laughs> A very sad, disappointing, and disappointed fellowship. Both of that couple were in a kind of a dead situation. No doubt the day when Isaac was born. That was the day God came to visit. Isaac's being born was the coming of Jehovah. That was not just something of human birth. In that birth, something there was more than human. They were the coming of Jehovah. At the appointed time, I will return. And that time will be what? Not the time of death. And that day will be the time of life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I tell you, this is what? This is the transfer of life. Amen. Could you follow me? We all need such a transfer of life. We all have to forget about all those superficial natural teachings to improve yourself, you have to behave yourself, and so forth. It's altogether not a matter of behaving. It is a matter of a life transfer. We all got to be transferred. Not only in race, but also in life. Well, Francis, these two items, the transfer of life and the transfer of race, may be a bit confusing to some. What is the difference between these two? And why did Witness Lee use Isaac to develop this matter of the transfer of life? Well, I believe uh, the use of Isaac was because this was the promised seed that God promised to Abraham. And Abraham did his best to try to accomplish what God wanted to do by using his own wisdom, his own understanding, and his own resources. He had a servant, and he thought, maybe this is the best one to be the heir that God promised me. But God didn't want that one. And he used his own uh, strength, his own, his own means, even at his wife's suggestion, to get a seed through a concubine. This was awful. He was trying his own way to carry out what God wanted without having uh, the real sense of the transfer of life. God promised a seed would come out of his own being, and that seed would be Isaac. And so when Abraham was old, Sarah was old, there was no strength, there was no natural ability, for them to bring forth a child. Then the seed came. And uh, the Bible calls that the time of life. When Isaac came, that was the time of life. Even God himself was there with two angels. And he told him, I will return at the time of life, and Sarah will have a son. Now when Isaac came, that was like life coming. That was like Christ coming. So this is really the transfer of life, to receive Isaac as the seed. Thank you, Francis. I really especially enjoyed the word you quoted from Genesis when God said, I will return in the time of life. 
You know, if we'll follow Abraham to exercise the faith we obtained to live by God and to live in God, we'll experience such a transfer. And we believers will become fully another people, called and transferred and eventually able to bless others. Thank you, Francis, for that fellowship. You have been listening to The Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.